Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and loved to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone, and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors, and we hope you will join us. Hello and welcome back. It's incredible to remember why we're fighting and to hear the call, really, of our Savior Jesus Christ to arms. You know, to come and follow him, to come and do, do our best for him. And today we're talking about a really important topic, topic that we all feel so passionate about. I can't think of another word other than passionate. I need to look up in the dictionary what one of those other words is. Anyway, but yeah, we're going to start out with the, as you're, as we're all thinking, let's remember why we're fighting and let's remember why, what, what we're doing here. And so I've invited us to just start our podcast with an invitation that we're going to call a call to arms. And that's what we're going to start our coaches episodes with is this call to arms where each one of us is prepared just to, this is why we would invite you, call you to arms with this principle and why. So we'll just name the principle after the call to arms. And while we're talking about it, you see if you can guess it. That's a fun game. Okay. So I'm here today with Kim and Kelly and Rosalind. And I forgot to tell them what, what order we'd be going in before we started, because we kind of do that so we don't bump into each other too much. And so we'll go Rosalind, Kelly, Kim. How's that sound? Let's do that. Okay, All right, you're on, Rosalind. Okay. I am so convinced that our thoughts create our world. And what we choose to allow into our mind and what we choose to focus on just creates what we see. And then what we think affects our actions, and our actions create our results. And then it becomes either an upward spiral or a downward spiral. And what my call to arms today is to find out what in your thoughts is negative. What thoughts are not serving you? What thoughts are not bringing you closer to Heavenly Father and to His Son, Jesus Christ? What thoughts bring discouragement or frustration or fear or sorrow? And find a way to remove them. And I believe we have to do that every day. I love that Karen calls this a call to arms because we are constantly reminded by the leaders of the church that we're at battle every single day. And we're at battle with a force that wants to discourage us, wants to bring us into the darkness and into discouragement. And so if we can find a way to keep our thoughts positive and to constantly remove those things that are negative and replace them with something uplifting and hopeful and beautiful, 
then we can win our battles. So my call to arms is find a way to remove those thoughts every single day. Excellent. All right, Kelly. Thanks, Rosalind. I wish that we had the ability to do this on a YouTube video this morning because I am wearing my I am the crusher t-shirt. I love what Rosalind said about being able to identify every morning those things that put in our path by Satan to try and thwart our efforts to become better, to do better, to connect with God. And when I start my morning, I start by being the crusher. The Lord has told us that we have that power to be the crusher. We might get bruised and bloodied by the adversary, but we can crush his head. And I, I am calling you to arms, to arms, to take on that role to be not afraid, to oust the adversary every day, identify every day all of those things that he is putting in your mind and raise your arm to the square and with power, get him out of your life. And then you can wear a t-shirt just like mine and be the crusher. <laughs> because that is absolutely how I start my day and I do it every day. And it's been a life-changing thing for me. Oh, so my call to arms is to do that. Okay, we're going to get to that too. That's so good. So Rosalind, will you be thinking, because I think it's so... Now we're now two of you have done it. So Rosalind, you said find a way. And my question for you is, how did you find a way? What is your way? So would you share your way? So, but not now. You just be thinking. And then Kelly, what do you do in the morning? That's the question for you. Like, how do you do that? Okay. Kim, what is your call to arms? First off, I just feel really inspired. I'm just glad I showed up so I could be like, yes, go warrior women. Super amazing to be a part of, of inspiring women doing God's work. But, and I feel the spirit just testifying. Today, I had an interesting experience. I woke up awake. I don't always wake up awake. I usually wake up really tired. And, and then I kind of dozing through the day and I'm, I'm kind of sleepy most of the time, but today I woke up awake and it felt so good. It'd been so long to be awake. And I was like, oh, this is what my life's supposed to feel like. And listening to Rosalind and Kelly giving us that call to arms, that's the wake up call that I, I propose that most of us go through our life pretty sleepy. And when we begin to wake up and we see things clearly and our mind is alert and we are, are physically, we feel aware and connected with life, then we just wonder, why would I ever be asleep? Why would I ever be asleep? Why would I allow myself to be lulled into sleep when awake is so powerful? And that is 
really my call to arms this morning is an invitation to wake up. You don't have to be asleep. You don't have to be low to sleep. Things, things happen when we're sleepy. Like we're not quick. We do things and say things that are not in our values. And later we regret and we just go, why did I do that? And, and then the enemy tells us it's because we're a bad person. It's really, we're just a little bit asleep. When we wake up and we start to see how things are and how the enemy's messing with us, and we start to see more clearly how much help God has given us, how much he wants to, to empower us and strengthen us, then we can step into our lives awake and Okay, so good. So, Kim, will you just share with us as you're thinking, you're going to be thinking about this. Okay. Will you just be thinking about, yeah, how did you find yourself asleep and how did you wake yourself up? What do you teach your clients to stay awake? What do you do to, to help them? What are a few simple things that you share with them that helps them stay awake? So be thinking about that. All right. So yes, our topic today is effective gardening. Most people think that the brain is like a computer. You can just program your brain and your brain just does what you want it to do. And a lot of us don't recognize how important the brain is. That everything that happens on the outside of us, like that we do and act and, and all the things that's, that the, all things we act like come first from our brain and all the stuff that's happening around us bumping into us is coming into our brain and of course our brain chooses and filters what it allows to pay attention to but what it allows is the things that we say we like <laughs> so if i say i like happy things i like flowers in my brain I like to feel awake. That's what I like. That's who I am. Then our brain watches to notice because it's not what we're thinking. It's what we put emotion behind that our brain hooks to. So if there's emotion behind, well, this is why it was so tricky. I've pondered a lot about this. Just mortality is kind of like gravity. Right? There's like this law of deterioration and mortality. It's like a, something God gave us to teach us that you can't really be effective at gardening unless you do it again and again and again. Otherwise, the law of deterioration takes over. It does it in your yard, in your weeds, in your grass. When you don't take a shower, so people start noticing you haven't showered, you don't have as many friends around, that kind of thing, because the law of deterioration is happening. If you don't take care of your car, car needs help. If you don't take care of your teeth, your teeth need help. If you don't take care of your spirit, your spirit needs help. If you don't take care of your brain, it's really wee and messy in there. So it's so valuable. It's actually such an incredible thing to know that in order for us to grow things that we want in our lives, we have to know how to cultivate that first in our brain. 
And so that would be my call to arms is to start liking gardening, start liking gardening, start thinking, how can I be an effective gardener? How can I nurture things? How can I have good ground? How can I allow sun to come in? How can I, what kind of tools do I need to, to work with? Do I need any help? Do I need any people to help me? Do I know how to do this? out of do garden i just need that's a very important life skill if you're going to feel peaceful and joyful in mortality we don't just need to pray harder and go to church more and sing more hymns we really need to recognize that wow we it's really important for us to garden well in our minds so good right so rosalind how did you find a way, find a way to notice what's going on in your brain? Yeah. What did, what, tell us about that. What would you teach if the listeners were one of your clients? How would you share? Here's what that was. And this is something I would share with you that might help you with this. Okay. I remember the first time I heard the word metacognition and it was in one of these classes, I believe. And we talked about actually thinking about what we're thinking, being aware of what's going on in our brain and how it's affecting us. And as I learned this lesson about how I can actually choose what I allow into my brain and that not every thought that comes into my brain is because I wanted it there, then I realized that I could choose. And I could make the decision of what I kept in my brain. And so the first thing that I learned from this lesson was, as you said, Karen, the, the mind is like a garden. And the first thing that you need if you're going to have a garden is really nice soil, rich, fertile soil. And I learned that the six goals that we set in this class create that fertile soil in our brain if we every day are doing what the prophets have asked by reading the scriptures, praying, journaling, writing about what we're reading, having that time to ponder and write. And then if we're working on creating some behaviors that lift us, that creates some great soil. And it makes us aware of the times when the negative thoughts are coming in. I recognized once I was doing that more consistent daily reading and writing and praying twice a day at least, I was more aware of, okay, is that thought something Heavenly Father would tell me? And I recognized, wait a minute, no. And so I started seeing the weeds in my brain, which I thought were really part of me and which I thought were true, especially the discouraging ones like, you'll never get, you'll never make it. You're too slow. You're not smart enough. You're not organized enough. All those thoughts, I thought, yeah, you're right. But they weren't true. Heavenly Father sees us as our potential, and he wants us to do that too. And so I was able to pull out some of those weeds, plant some flowers, plant some faith-filled thoughts. And that's what's helped me, along with the rest of the lessons that I'm sure everyone else will talk about today, to find a way to clear the weeds every day so that I can see life from a truer perspective, a happier, more joyful perspective. Okay. So 
I just have an, a little further question for you, Rosalind, and this is it. I love that just in this week's Come Follow Me lesson, it's talking about the Lord um, asking the saints to build a temple and giving them really specific instructions. And he's, and the first thing he says that it needs is a pattern. You know, you need to, you know, this will be done according to a pattern. And then it goes on to say several other things about that. So you saying that the thing that helped you find a way was to find a pattern, you found this pattern. So when you're doing things with your clients and you say, look, I'm going to introduce you to this calendar. It's a power calendar. It's got three goals that are kind of whatever you choose and three goals that are spiritual. Yeah. When, yeah, because I just, I think it's so brilliant as you consider just teaching someone about effective gardening and how this tool is going to help you. Yeah. If I was a student, what would you say about, like, if I came and I was like, and this and that and million miles an hour, and that's how bad it is. And that's on fire. And this is super hard. Do I mean, what would that sound like if you said a pattern? I have a pattern to show you. <laughs> and what if I were like in this place of eight patterns? I don't like them. Yeah. What would you say to me? What would you do? Yeah. To say it's worth it or to teach me to start with just one pattern. Oh, first of all, I just always encourage my clients to come having prayed <laughs> and then to pray about the things that I teach them because a lot of it is very different and a lot of it is very hard to believe. It's hard to believe that we can overcome all those negative things. But I encourage them to do things baby steps with baby steps and just to trust that a little tiny thing will make a big difference. And in the program, we encourage people to say two prayers, one in the morning, one in the evening, five minutes. Well, five minutes is a really long time to start out with if you haven't been praying. So I just, I allow them to start with baby steps. But I do encourage them, <clears throat> excuse me, to know that Heavenly Father does everything by patterns and that He created us to respond well to patterns and that if they'll just give it a chance, it will create a change in them because I've lived it. It's done it for me. It's doing it still for me. I'm still not a hundred percent near, but so I encourage them to believe in it. And then I encourage them to take baby steps and to check in with me often. It takes some support. At least it did for me. And I find it that's true for a lot of my uh, clients is I'll get a lot of texts the first few weeks <laughs> and, you know, asks, asking for support. So we need to create belief and faith and hope, and then a, a support system to help us as we're making these changes and starting to learn how to garden in our brain. Yeah. So good. Oh, I love that Rosalind taught us all just what Elder Packer has taught us, that the study of the gospel changes behavior faster than the study of behavior changes behavior. 
you know, like one of the very first steps to do is start renewing your pattern, spiritual and personal practices that are important and connect you to God. Thank you for that. All right, Kelly, you are on, girl, you little crusher. Crusher? Yeah. Oh, well, Karen asked me to please share how, what is the pattern that I use every morning to become the crusher? And so that's what I'm going to share with you. We, Rosalind just talked about the things that she asked them to do in baby steps. And one of the things that we've been asked to do is to write our letters to God. And in my letters to God, I write down all of those negative things that I'm hearing through patterns that the adversary is setting. You know, what am I hearing all the time that's negative? One of the things I really want to point out that I've really, really noticed in the scriptures is that when the Savior talks about himself, he is never negative. He is, I am Alpha and Omega. I am your friend. I am your advocate with the Father. His I am statements are always positive. And so if I'm hearing things in my mind that are not positive, I can know of a surety that they're coming from the adversary and I need to pull those weeds. So those are some of the things that I write down in my letters. And then at the end of my letter, I will ask, you know, the Savior to take those things from me and to help me know what's truth. And then I will write down what is truth. So it might look something like this. Yesterday, I started my first day in Young Women. I got called this week to be in Young Women. And as you might know, I'm turning 60 in two weeks and I haven't served in Young Women in 15 years. So I was a little bit nervous about doing it. So it looked kind of like this yesterday morning. Heavenly Father, I'm 60 years old. I can't run with the kids like I could 15 years ago. I'm I'm a little bit slower and I want to be able to know their names. I want to be able to make a connection. These are the things that I'm hearing. You're too old. You can't go to girls camp and do a five-mile hike. You can't connect with these kids. You have no idea what life is like in high school now. Those are the kind of things that have been running through my mind since I got the calling on Friday. So I was able to write those things down. And then I was able to say, Heavenly Father, can I just give these things to you? Because these things are causing me some really negative emotions, some real fear, worry, and consternation. And I need to go in there with confidence and ability to open up that space for love for these young women. And after I do that, I, I do pray vocally, say these things that I want to give over to the Savior. But then this is been the key for me. I literally raise my arm to the square and I name all of those things. And I say, you know, all of you that 
are causing me to feel this way and this way and this way. All of you who are trying to thwart my efforts in this way and this way and this way, I command you in the name of our Savior to go to him and never return. And then I thank them for the opposition that they've given me because without opposition, I wouldn't learn. And they really hate that. They really hate that I think for making me miserable, right? And and then I go about the rest of my day. I do this, my scriptures. This is what I end my day, my morning routine with. I I do all the other things with my scripture reading and look over, you know, what am what am I supposed to be doing today? How am I going to stay focused? You know, I those kind of things come first, but I end with that rebuke of the adversary. And then I say a power statement. I am grounded, connected, and ready to start my day. So that's kind of what it looks like. That was what it looked like yesterday for me. I haven't um, actually had time to do any of that this morning because for me, it's it's a little early still. And I, I was trying to prepare for this first time. <laughs> And my my morning routine is not done yet, but that's that's what I do to to claim my power and be the crusher in my day. So yeah, so it's so if I were a listener, I would have noticed that first you write in write a letter to God and you tell Him, "Here's what's going on, and this is what the adversary is telling me about that. These are the feelings I'm having about it." Then you kneel in prayer and you also say those things there in that place in prayer, right? You, you also say that. And then I always that, give, you, I always give them to him. Oh, I always yes. give them to him. So good. In your letter, in your letter and in your prayer. Can yes. you take these? I remember these. Can you take these? I'm giving these to you. And then you. Stand and with your arm to the square, rebuke any demons that are causing you to feel like you're too old and you can't run anymore. Whatever it is. Yes. 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 That's how specifically, specifically, if you're telling me, if you're telling me that I don't understand what kids are going through in high school, then you need to leave. You could just get exactly. that. Exactly. I get it. I get very specific and, and it does two things. Number one, it helps me when, because as you know, okay, I might have gotten rid of those. I call them minions. And, and I'm really sad that, that he's made minions look really cute, <laughs> like little Twinkies with cute little faces because they're not cute, but I call them entities, minions, the ones that I cast out, of course, they, they have to go. But that doesn't mean he's not going to send more. But something happens to me psychological in my in my whole being by saying it, by writing it, it goes into my subconscious mind. And so the next time he tries to come at me with those things, I recognize it immediately as coming from Satan rather than from myself. Because, wait a minute, my brain says. You've given that to God and you don't need to pick that up again. You've given that to the Savior and he's taken that for you. You do not need to pick that up again. That's what happens to my subconscious mind. You have the power to get rid of these new ones who are trying to 
introduce that to you again. And I will just testify that I only have to do that three or four times. You know, he'll come at me three or four times, but every time I get rid of him, it's like I gain more power over that problem. Am I making sense? Does that make sense to you? <laughs> and so it really, it has changed. It's changed my life being able to do this every day. This power that we are given uh, is amazing. And it's because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and being able to use his power to become the crusher. Instead of being bruised constantly, we get to crush. That's how I do it. I love that you said, instead of being bruised constantly, we get to claim our, our identity as the crushers, right? Because exactly. we are taught, we are taught that yeah. Heavenly Father has, you know, given, you know, told the adversary that he only has power to do something very small, like bruise somebody's heel. But that we, he's given us the power to crush his head. So, yeah, I love that, Kelly. So thanks for being an example of the crusher. We want to know where you bought your t-shirt. <laughs> we'll put that in show notes. I made it. I made it. I'm sorry, peeps. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll have to start selling those, those crusher t-shirts. So good. Yeah. But, you know, it reminds me of Ephesians. 610, we are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then a couple of verses later, you know, that the reason we put on armor is that we may, you know, withstand the wiles of the devil. And then it teaches us that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the darkness of this world. And so anyway, it's just really sweet, very poignant that you, your example is that's me. That's what that looks like when I go to battle to fight against the darkness of the world in my life, very specifically. So thank you for that. All right. And Kim, your question. About how do I wake up? Yeah. I would occasionally, before Eternal Warriors, I would occasionally find myself awake, but I didn't really know how to do it. And it wasn't until... I began learning these principles that I started to wake up more frequently and I could wake myself up, like set my own, own alarms kind of thing. Just that increased awareness to the real battle, what was really going on. And I just really appreciate, again, what Rosalind and Kelly have said, how they are winning these battles. And I love it. I love it. It's so inspiring. And recognizing the negative thoughts is the, I think, one of the first keys to waking up. That not every voice in our head is a trusted voice. And to begin to identify the source of each of those voices. God's voice is encouraging, loving, fun. He's a planner. He's hopeful. All those things. The enemy is accusatory. He's demeaning. He's demoralizing. He's discouraging. And then the big question is, well, what is my voice? Because we, we get sucked into negative self-talk. And the enemy is so good 
at, he's so good at counterfeit that, that he can use our own dialect and we think that it's us. So good at that. And so to, to be able to step back and say, what is my voice? What is my voice? And then, can you guys hear the jets? So let us pull it No, we can hear you. Picking off little. Yeah, so you, you live right by Hill Air Force Base and you have jets going over your house. Yeah, well, and you know what? It's interesting because it does kind of like mute your voice a little bit or gar garble it. You were sounding completely clear. And now when you talk with the airplanes, it's, it's like they're interfering with something other than the sound of things. That's such a, a good metaphor, right? Suddenly there's all this loud noise in our brains. We can't even hear. All right. The jets really are the enemy. But I <laughs> They distort our own voices. And that's what Satan does. He distorts our own voice or he, he uses our dialect. And so we think it's us. But when we begin to understand what is my true voice, what do I sound like? It's easy to identify God. It's easy to identify Satan. But what's my voice? And when we look back in a primary, you fill in the blank of this song. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. Your voice, your true voice, sounds like Father's. And when you begin to recognize your voice sounding like God's, then you can reject that negative self-talk, call it out for what it is, that it really is a satanic attack. And he's just trying to, to hide so that we don't see him. He holds up mirrors and, and we think it's us. And, and so part of my waking up and staying awake is recognizing the source of those voices and recognizing the negative, just as, as Kelly and Rosalind are pointing out. I also write it down. I write it down because I take it out of the virtual in my mind and I put it into the physical world. So I write down those negative thoughts and there's always evidence of why I should believe those thoughts, why those thoughts are real. As I write down the negatives and I really, I feel so much darkness when I do, but, but not to leave it there. I'm identifying the weeds, but then to counter every one of those negative thoughts, counter them and actually write down three positive thoughts for every negative thought. And, and to be careful that it's not, not written in the negative. For example, if one of the negative thoughts is I'm a loser, when I go to write down the positive, if I wrote down, I am not a loser. So you see that's still negative, but to to turn it totally into the positive of what I am. I am a champion. I'm successful. I'm succeeding. I'm learning. I'm healing. And, and sometimes those thoughts are so freaking scary to our brain, we cannot go there. And you might notice a lot of emotion comes up as you begin to write these things down. And when it's too scary to step into the positive, then we invoke the name of Jesus Christ. I am healing through Jesus Christ. I am succeeding with Jesus Christ. 
And what this tool does, it's an invitation to step out of temporal and look into eternal. That there are things that are accurate that are happening right now, but to step into the eternal of truths, accurate versus eternal truths, and with Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, all things are made whole. And we are the pressure, and we are healing, and we are succeeding because and through him. So that's the key. Write down, the, for, for me, here's a, a specific tool. Write down each negative thought. And for every negative thought, write down three eternal truths to counter that thought. And then destroy the negatives. Or, or keep it as a record. Just to be like, Satan, I still see you. I got you here. But when you destroy it and you rip it up and you destroy it, you're like giving your brain more evidence. No, this is garbage. I don't keep garbage. This is garbage. Oh, I just want to tell you what I do with those. I flush them down the toilet because that's where crap belongs. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I like to put them in my garbage disposal because I like the, the auditory destruction going on. Yeah. And I guess I would say I like to rip them up and put them in like a tin can and let them get pretty full, right? And then I think time to be burned, all that torn up stuff, right? So good. Oh, I hope that you as a listener have been feeling like I'm feeling just that call that taking up the arms and deciding that I do want to stay awake. I don't want to let some old man bully me into being miserable. I am the crusher. I, I have got to figure this out, right? I should not be living this existence here where when I go to church, I hear how glorious it is and how wonderful it feels and how many things we have that are just so wonderful. And then I go away from church as I've questioned, how does that look in my life? What does that look like for me? Go home and realize I'm here, still here. I don't know how to get out of this asleep place. This miserable place. I know I believe all the things, you know, and maybe you'd say most of the things, and maybe you'd say some of the things, maybe you'd say a few of the things, but I want to believe and I want help. I want to know that I can access the Savior's help in my life. And so when we feel so down, and good things don't make sense to us because we feel bad so much. It is a call to arms to take back your life and to know that you can live your life instead of letting that life live you. But boy, does the enemy want us to drift and to be numb and dumb and asleep with our eyes open and boy that's miserable that's a miserable place to be because he doesn't he's i think he really I, there's a quote somewhere who said it but i can't remember but it's the one that says you know 
all Satan needs is for good people to do nothing. And he's good with that. Karen, it's funny that you mentioned church because I've been attacked in church like nobody's business. I sat in sacrament meeting one day and pulled out a piece of paper and wrote down 30 negative thoughts. Just and I think I spent the rest of sacrament meeting writing down 90 positive thoughts. <laughs> but it's possible. You can, you can catch him in the middle of an attack. Don't, don't take it. Don't go with it. And then I have a great quote to share from President Nelson, if you want. Love it. Would you please share? President Nelson invited us to pray to know what to stop doing and what to start doing. Pray to know what to add to your environment and what to remove so that the spirit can be with you in abundance. Mm. The invitation to weed our gardens. Yes. And to plant our gardens. That's brilliant. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us. There's just one very short tip I would leave with you, and it would be sometimes it's hard to notice what we're thinking. Some people notice how they're feeling more easily for some reason. I'm feeling off. I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling bored. I'm whatever. But that's your alarm. When you start noticing strong negative feelings or go to sleep feelings, that's an alarm that your thoughts are not serving you. And someone needs to start looking at the garden and say, okay, it would be important for me to maybe do a 30 second thought download on a piece of paper and then don't even think about what it says. Just don't judge it. What am I thinking right now? And then read it and notice highlight these are the lies that i just wrote down look at all the lies that i just wrote down that has been helpful for a lot of people to just say just when you're feeling strong negative emotions decide to do a thought download instead of thinking what's a thought i'm having let me identify a thought i'm having some people have a hard time with that but your feelings are the alarm and we're taught in our trainings, we, we're taught that the alarm that we want to go off is when we're just feeling off because that's when we're starting to, we're starting to be under attack and our feelings are growing. And if we let our feelings keep growing and get marinated in them, then the thoughts that we hear from the adversary on what we should do with our actions sounds so believable, so justifiable. And so we invite you to come join us. Hire one of these coaches to train you on these things. It's so valuable to have a mentor who can just walk beside you and assist you and say, I totally get it. I get the journey. I, I've been through it. I've been to deep, dark places. I get it. And, uh, but it's worth the fight. It's so worth the effort. So come and join us. You can go to lifechangingservices.org underneath the training tab to the coaches and you'll find us there and can reach out to us. 
Thank you for listening. As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.